So, John, what episode is this? I, dude, I can never keep this track. This is episode seven, I'm pretty sure. I'm such a boomer, man. I can't, can't even count to seven. Uh, but anyway, um, joining us today is uh, two-time under 105 America's Strongest Man, class on the coast, 21 champion, 21 OSG world champion, holder of multiple world records, and probably the most well-paid under 105 athlete on the mm-hmm. planet. Drum roll. Knocking stuff over. <laughs> the one and only Nicholas Canby. Gentlemen. Welcome to the show, Nicholas. Welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course, I've been listening to the last few episodes, of course, enjoy, but I appreciate kind of coming on and be able to tell my world's strongest opinions. Yes. Yeah. That's why we want you here, man. You're like, you're the man that has, um, I mean, I don't know anybody with more world records than you, but let's, before we get there, before they, before we get there, we were talking a little bit, you wanted to be kept on your toes. So, sure. So I came up with some trivia questions, strongman trivia questions. Oh boy! All right. Let's see if Camby knows his shit. So, um, I'm gonna start kind of easy to harder, hopefully. And and John doesn't. I you know I get told him some of the questions, but not all of them. So if you can't get them, we'll pass it over to John to see if he can get it. No cheating. Yeah, John looks like he has a nice little gr- little grin right now. So he's those he be good questions. I know. No cheating, no Googling. Um, I'm not going to really time it. We'll just kind of play it by ear. But so, so easiest to hardest. First question is, and and everybody should know this question. Who said there's no reason to be alive if you cannot do the deadlift? So that is our friend, John Paul Sigmundson. Yeah. Easy peasy. All right. Next question. Who has won the most Arnold Strongman titles and how many times? The Drunas, eight times. Yeah, buddy. Which Strongman competitor, these are pretty easy. Which Strongman competitor is the only man to hold five World Strongest Man titles? Marius Pujanowski. Yeah. Who won the first World Strongest Man competition in 1977? Oof. I forget his name because yeah, I don't think he won many other ones. I want to say Jeff Capes, but it's not Jeff Capes. It's not Jeff he won, Capes. We're getting he, a little harder already. He, um, I'll, I'll, I'll pass this one to John. Uh, it was Bruce something. Starts with a B. Bruce Wilhelm? Yeah. That's who it is. It. Ding, ding, ding. It was Bruce. All right. Interesting. Bruce Wilhelm. He actually won both year, both the first years, 77 and 78. Oh, interesting. I've, yeah, for some reason I thought he only won the first year, but I guess I, should, I guess I did know that. But yeah, so I, I, I needed John's Capes, help. I think Jeff Capes won uh, maybe an eighty and then eighty four or five. I actually don't know the answer to that. But anyway, let's move on. Um, in nineteen ninety five. Whose arm did Magnus Samuelson break during an arm wrestling match? First name and nickname. A real name and nickname. Uh, I, I remember I remember watching it. Um, so you said Magnus Samuelson broke his arm? Broke his, this guy's arm? Uh, he was, very he was famously. He was, like, was, he was a giant. He's a very big guy. Um <clears throat> 
I, I, I'm, I'm blanking. I, I, I'm, I'm envisioning the event, but I'm blanking right now. How about you, John? I am blanking as well. I know I just started to look up some of these earlier today. So he's also an actor. I'll give you guys a hint. He's also an actor, and he's in the first scene of Troy. There was, I know Anola ended up doing some acting, but it's not him. Um, oh, was it? Um, if it's Magnus Samuelson, um, that's that's Sven Carl. It wasn't Sven Carlson. Um, yeah, you gotta give it to us, Darren. <laughs> it is uh, his name is Nathan Jones, aka Mega Man. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't think I would have got that one. Nathan Jones, yeah. So he was a big guy that uh, Achilles fights in the first scene of Troy. Oh, all right, interesting. Nathan Jones, he's actually in a few different, he's got like little roles in a few different things. Okay, who originally built the sheep pen where the Husafell stone is is resides in Iceland. Who originally? I'm not gonna know this one. I would, I would guess uh, NVM Magnus for Magnuson, but I don't think I don't, I don't think it's him. No, it was built. Uh, I mean, it was a couple hundred years ago, so it wouldn't be Magnus oh. for. Hmm. They just they just used it right in that in his contest, right? The, they they used the on. actual Husafell in there, and you know, purists don't you know, especially Icelandic people, from what I understand, do not like that we call anything the Husafell stone that's not the Husafell. Oh, interesting tidbit that I picked up along the way. So, if you don't got it, John, do you got it? Yeah, Reverend Snorri Bjornsson. That's it. Or Bjornsson, yeah. That's oh that's wow. It. That's the man. John knows. Uh, how much does it weigh? 420? Four hundred and twenty. Four twelve. Four oh seven. It is four hundred and ten pounds. One hundred eighty-six kilograms. Four hundred ten pounds. Close. Very close. These are these are tough questions. <laughs> uh, who famously? This is this. You have to watch like a lot of Starman to know this question, and this comes up every now and then. I see it online. It came up at twenty. Oh, uh, was it true? I think it was this year at Clash on the Coast. Um, who famously severed his finger on the Issa Stone Ring at the 2005 Issa Strongman World Championships? Oh. And it came up at this year's Clash. Yeah, we were sitting around um, around the fire and it, and it came up. The hmm. question came up. Who was that guy? I don't know if you were sitting with us. Hmm. Trying to think of the IFSA guys back then. So he said 2005. Yeah, he's maybe not as well known as some of the other people on the circuit at the time. He's Canadian. Hmm. Uh, was Hugo Gerard the Canadian before? He so Han? I don't no, think Hugo Gerard was. No, it wasn't. It was would, not Hugo Girard. Not, not Hugo. Um, and I don't think he was Canadian either. Uh, I, I'm stumped. How about you, John? I, well, I already told John the answer to this yeah. one. So. Uh. <laughs> it, his name was Jeff Dolan. Ooh, interesting. I would have got that. Jeff Dolan. 
And I think I think uh, it just came up on Travis Sportmeyer's uh, Instagram recently too, and he commented to the to the same uh, facts. So yeah, he was uh, in the Issa Stone ring. He got his pinky finger, I believe it was wedged between the the ring and a stone. And you mm-hmm. know, I don't think it was a major like I think it was just the tip of it was cut off, but <laughs> still still grueling pain. You could tell Very. he was not he was not in in a good place after that. <laughs> Um, so Jeff Dolan, and you know, I may ask a couple of questions now. Um, in light of the fact that you are going into the open weight class, who was the lightest man to ever win the world's strongest man? Probably John Paul Sigmerson. No, lighter, lighter, lighter. Um, wasn't Gary Taylor. Nope. Mm. Miko Anala? <laughs> well, I don't think Miko No, Anala. not Miko. Uh, John, sorry. It's but you're I you know, you're in the right country. It's not Miko, but it's the it starts with a J and it is also Anala, right? The last name? Close. Close, but it is not Anala. Hmm. You're very, very close. He he had like nice. He was like a he had like brownish hair. I mean, I say famous because all the meatheads are know about it. Um, of him just bleeding profusely in training, doing a deadlift. Hmm. Well, hmm. there's many. Well, there's many guys like that. Um, <laughs> I, I think this one's like exceptionally bloody. <laughs> What's? Uh, I I'm on the tip of my tongue. Help me out, Darren. Ben, uh, uh, John. I, I called you Ben for some reason. I, <laughs> I am stumped on this one. Now I'm because you mentioned it to me when I was talking about it, this a while back. It's Yuko Ahola. Yuko, yes. I Yuko could. Yuko Ahola, who won both in 98 and 99. And he I was, say Yuko Ahola, Miko Anna. Yes, that was, that was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were the right country and you got, you had the, hold on, you were close. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I believe he was only uh 275 pounds, 125 kilograms at the time of winning. Um, at either one or one or both, so he's very light. He was one of the light, he was the lightest man, as from my research, to have ever won. I'm pretty sure um, he went into he went into acting after a strong man, so he's another individual that took that route. Yep, exactly. A lot of them do, I think. Uh, there's quite a few names, and I've actually got an, an actor name. The next question, what is the name? And this is, he's a strong man. What is the name of the actor who plays Clappa in The Last Kingdom? Clappa in The Last Kingdom. Is The Last Kingdom a recent, like a recent film, film, right? There's no, it's a, it's a series um, on Netflix. And I think there's four or five seasons. So you have to be a, you have to be a fan of that genre. What, was it is it is it Magnus Samuelson? Because it is Magnus Samuelson. Yes, because right. I know he he does a lot of those. I think he was also in Vikings too. Uh, I he think does he a lot of those shows. Well. Yeah, Clappa was a great character. I love that series. Um, one more on weight classes, and I don't have the answers because this one's coming off the top of my head. I was thinking about it earlier, and I forgot to write it down. But I think um, I think that we can uh, do this pretty well. Um, name three uh, world strongest man finalists 
under, I'm going to go under 290 pounds rather than 300. Cause I think I can think of some that are 295, but under 290, three, right. any years, world's strongest man finalists. So I want my first, my thought would be like, for instance, um, Darren Sadler, but I don't think he ever made the finals. Um, Kevin Ferris made the finals one year. Yeah. Uh, he be on there. Um, I think Kearney's yet to make the finals, so uh, he wouldn't be a light one that's usually there. Um, now we're going to get to go who even back further. Under 300, you said under 290 pounds. Under 290, because that's like, because, well, we already got one, right? Because he mm. was he was the answer to another question. So, but who in also, but also in, re, in recent? Um, no, no, any years, any years, any, any years. Um, Novikov could tend. Uh, I don't think he, he was always like three hundred pounds. He, he was yeah. probably like. I pounds. think he was a little under, and he was actually the reason that I I truncated it at two ninety. <laughs> two ninety. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. Any year, but I'm just trying to think. Even to the past, there hasn't been that many lightweight guys that made the finals. So good, good goal to shoot for. Um, yep. Yes. <laughs> John, help, help me out with one. I was thinking Novikov weighed in at 286 at one of his shows. So uh, he was the one I was guessing. But did <laughs> he make finals thinking. weighing that? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know the answer to I'm that. Trying to remember. We may have to do some research. Hmm. I'll do some research. Who, who's, who's one on your list, Darren? I, and, and this is a name that, that also came up recently i think in one of our podcasts and i couldn't remember his name and his name came to me while i was driving home from the store day jason bergman oh yeah jason bergman who is uh i think he's from wisconsin i think he was 265 pounds and i can't remember the exact year it would have been like i don't know between 13 and 15 maybe 2000 hmm. so jason bergman uh yoko hola obviously because he was the oh uh dirks no dirks never made the finals never mind dirks never made the finals but you had kevin ferris that's three um i honestly don't know any more than those three <laughs> so i didn't prepare that question that was kind of a off the off the cuff mm. all right all right last last question this is totally hypothetical okay totally hypothetical your opinion in a matchup between bill kazmaier pujan and Pujanowski, Big Z, and Thor all in their prime. Who wins? Ooh. Hmm. So you said Bill Kazmaier. Bill Kazmaier, Pujanowski, Big Z, and Thor. I would, you would have to probably go with, I think Kaz will probably be tough to compete with the guys now just for how much the sports evolved, the technique, yes. the equipment, the recovery system. So, um, Kaz probably would have been done great on a, any squad event, but anything really specific that we have nowadays would be tougher, Kaz, to keep up with, especially um, those really heavy weights. <sighs> I would say, depending on the events, but um, I would probably say half your Beyonce. I think you got to go yeah, with it. Yeah. Um, 
you have to go with just the size when in 2018, when you made that streak of those big four wins, he was pretty much unstoppable that year. Arnold world star. So he's the only person that won them all the same year. So I I would probably say half your Beyonce. Um, But again, it really comes down to the event, the event selection and any any of those three guys, Pujanowski, um, big Z could win, but big Z has won just because it's, consistency and everything like that but sure. sometimes if there was a contest that just lined up with half her beyonce's skill set he's gonna he would probably be yeah be and, and he's young still i actually tend to agree with that um because he's you know if you really look at his record he's he's like the third most decorated um strongman behind pujanowski and big z um, I mean, the guy's got a, a terrific record. I mean, like you said, the three or four big wins in the same year. He's young. He's got a lot of life left in him. If he gets back in the sports, it looks like he is. Um, I mean, he could definitely um, – I mean, he could overthrow the GOAT, man. We'll see what happens. That was a tough one. I, I love Zadrunas because I don't, I don't want to root yeah. against yeah my man. But in that situation, yeah, 2018 half-year Beyonce was a very special athlete. Yeah. And what do you think, John? Yeah, I would have to go for that. Yeah, 2018 half was just like he he was just amazing in general. Yes. I still wish he had hit 505 kilos instead of 501. <laughs> That's like the one thing that I might hold against him is I don't he should have broken that by more than just one kilo. He had plenty more in the tank, but he was pretty much that year. But if you were thinking like multiple years, it's like people had to compete two years in a row, then it would be big C probably. But yeah. that one year, I think it's just like everything lined up really well. So, because that was like top contenders too that year. Whereas I feel like some of the recent years, it felt like a lot of the people you'd expect to be at the top just weren't there. Sure. So that's like the last time you cool. had like Brian Shaw real big. Yeah. Well, we all agree, Thor. Um, and and I think um, Nicholas, you got to work on your uh, your strongman trivia. <laughs> I, I would say <laughs> my I would say anything after um 2012 when I when I entered the sport I, would, I think I would be pretty uh yeah. def on just or pretty up there but the old contests sometimes can kind of slip I do watch them from time to time even when I'm bored and even when I'm looking for some motivation but uh yeah. I would say probably the, the more recent more contemporary contest that would be I'm, more I'm up the same way I'm the same way. I probably would not. I would have probably been very terrible if somebody asked me those <laughs> questions. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> I, I've got the advantage. I looked up all the answers. So um, that was fun, man. Um, we need to do more trivia, I think, John, in the future. Yeah. Get everybody get everybody up to speed on, the, you know, the history of the sport. So I was actually, like, I was actually expecting uh, weight class questions. I would say if you were going to throw any zingers in that in that direction. You know, I thought I thought long and hard about it. Um, but if you're like me, I know everything about like 105K and I know nothing about anybody anybody else. <laughs> but I thought about throwing something in like, you know, who, you know, maybe maybe like who who has the under 60 kilogram women's log record. Mm. Uh, Rihanna Loveless right now, right? Well, um, actually, no. I think oh, no. Uh, was Con- was it, Con- it Conley? You know, I, I have to look it up, but I think that it's Stowers. Isn't she in 60? Oh, you, you said 64. You said 64? Yeah. Sorry, 64. under 64. Under 64. That would be 140 pounds. So that would be like either Conley or 
Rihanna Lovelace. Yeah. Sours isn't cool. she like 72? She's one she's 180. 180. Okay. See, I don't even know the answer to that. So <laughs> <laughs> so so let's go. Let's just move on. Let's get to the real talk. And I guess it doesn't have to be real. It can still be lighthearted and fun. Um, opinions on world records. So if you've watched our past uh, episodes, you know, we've always caveated that, you know, we're not, we're not here to like bash anybody or take anything away from anybody just to, you know, our opinions kind of been, you know, for the future of the sport and improving, um, uh, you know, standards and, and kind of maybe legitimizing, you know, it's just our opinion uh, as shitty as it is. What are your thoughts? Hmm. Um, I would say in general, I think there just has to be kind of that piece of also kind of like realisticness, um, depending on the event. I think we can always kind of scrutinize um, a little more on, on world records when it comes to like even like logs or axles, but sometimes outside of those events, it could be a little harder to judge, a little harder to really kind of figure out what's right. There's always the thing about strongman strongman is also really popular because it's it's we have all sorts of different implements all sorts of different things but then when we go to world records we're focusing on standardization so we're almost fighting against the true nature of strongman um because you want of course the standardization so you can compare different uh lifts from each other but also we have this randomness of um uh, of different weights and you guys you just show up and the strongest man wins or strongest woman wins so right. it's 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 tough to really kind of figure out what is the of course the right metrics in that sense um well i'll just kind of use the example let's say my kind of recent dumbbell uh, we went after a cylinder type of dumbbell because that's what the previous record holder held um his the gentleman his name is um marcheski out of poland and he right. had a he had a cylinder type of dumbbell so we were trying to find a similar type of dumbbell in that sense when we were all going after it at america's this past october right yeah and i you know and i agree with that I mean, and if you watch the episode with with luke davies and i love luke davies opinion um he's always very level-headed and, and fair-minded um you know when it comes to specifications you know, you can't, like you said, you, you, there's got to be some level of consideration for, um, you know, how the sport is structured. There is, it, it's almost impossible to get the exact same pieces of equipment, you know, everywhere in the world for world records to be set on. But, but yeah, I think it's very respectable to try and, and, and hit that, those, those, uh, you know, to beat the world records on a similar equipment as possible. Um I think uh, I think getting over a, a kilo and also like trying to push at least a kilo more. So if you go for right. like one pound, that's that's I think that's a little too light. Like you, right. of course, John wanted uh, five kilos over the world record for half for Beyonce's deadlift. Uh, but I would say at least a kilo is probably the right place. So two point two pounds. Um, and I think just also um, not only just the weight but like i think it's it's important to like kind of weigh out the implements i think just having those kind of rules um but just f funny kind of example so before emmanuel pasquari hit the world record for 105 kilos so he broke it 418 so he broke my record by six pounds there right. was another there was another gentleman that also broke that broke technically broke the record because it was advertised as the u105 record but it was a 14 inch log and it barely cleared his head and it was it looked like he snatched grip the log and the, the log was like two right. inches 
over his head. Um, and someone's, I forget someone sent me the video, but um, it kind of looked like almost kind of, a, the guy's a strong presser, um, but it was like a 14 inch log and a snatch grip. Uh, and it had, he had a snatch grip on it. So, right. So I think uh, 14 inch log is impossibly hard. <laughs> it's so, so hard for me to balance. I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever used anything, actually probably 13 just in passing, but yeah, I've never used anything like in that sense. We so, had a monstrous log at SCL last year, and it was, I think it was like at least 14 inches, and it was just impossibly hard. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah the overseas implements can always be difficult if they're not like wood. Right. But I mean, I think this is, I mean, this is kind of where my mind goes on, on the standardization is, is you've got, you know, it's an international sport. And we've got athletes, right, that are um, – it, it's all – the logistics is impossible to get everybody, all of the best people in the same place. Um, you've got guys setting records. You know, I don't know where the guy with the, you know, potential 14-inch log was at. Um, but there, Somewhere in Eastern Europe. What's that? Just somewhere, somewhere in Eastern Europe. Europe, yeah. Somewhere in Eastern Europe, you know, scattered all over the place. And, you know, it would just be nice if, if, if somehow we get the whole community – you know, to agree, like, like you said, at least trying to set it on the same, somewhat as close to possible, the same implement as the last world record, you know, I mean, that's a good start. Um, so you don't have something like you said, like this big, you know, I mean, I mean, you're basically getting into an, uh, uh, a super arched deadlift or I mean a uh, bench press, right. Where you're <laughs> moving in only a few inches. Um, is that really, you know, a legitimate lift? I mean, Right now, there's no real standards for strong end, so it's it's tough to say. But you think it's so? For instance, do you think it's important to have like different rules kind of written down? I think I think if I recall, Luke Davies like having friends like feet together, head through. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and, and like in some kind of like parameters on on equipment, you know. And, and I like his thought process on that. Is you know, because we're not a rich sport, right? I mean, we don't have the money to go and, and get, you know, the exact, you know, piece of equipment that, that that's utilized. And, um, but some kind of parameters on the specifications, you know, within, you know, I don't know, a few centimeters or something in, in diameter and, you know, whatnot. But, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, we talked about that possibly, you know, I don't know where he's at and I haven't followed up with him, but my kind of understanding was drawing up sort of a charter of, of rules that you know everybody kind of agrees to um that these are some acceptable standards um it levels the playing field across you know around the world um and it and it kind of adds some legitimacy um to to the sport um not saying that strongman is Ill illegitimate by any means but i think it improves the, the way that it's perceived around the world it's just my opinion right i don't know that for uh, for fact but um but yeah, I think uh, a charter of of rules would be uh, our standards would go a long way. It doesn't have to be again, you know, absolute specification. But you know, as far as as far as lockouts concerned, weighing the equipment again, non-standardized equipment, we don't know if uh, what an implement weighs. We don't know, um, you know, what the plates weigh if they're not calibrated. And we've all seen that, right? At, in regular competition, where it doesn't matter as much, but um implements never weigh exactly what they say and i think it's fair to everybody else in in the rest of the world who's who's maybe uh potentially losing their world record um that it's it's verified that in fact it has been taken right so i mean that's just uh, those are, those have been my thoughts for a while those are things we've talked about a lot 
And um, it, yeah, it would be cool if, for instance, Adrenus, Colin Bryce, MVM, Magnus for Magnuson all got together and put their their suggestions per popular event in terms of what they're what they have. So you have two top refs. You have one. You have a so because Colin Bryce is a ref at one point, or he still refs. Um, of course, a big promoter and a in a great. Um, of course, a great strongman has broken many records. Sure. And between the three of those guys, I feel like they could put a, a good rule. They don't. It's not going to be the the the, the, the obviously the, the rules to, to be to rule across the land, but pretty good suggestions, pretty close to what um, all strongmen should strive for. So I yeah. I feel like if those guys could put something, put their head heads together, they could come up with pretty interesting it items. It would be great. It would be great. Yeah, and and, and if there was a way to have it. That's the that's the tough part is is can can we have have something that's agreed uh, across across the sport rather than being you know siloed within each each federation and everybody does something a little bit different but but then again you know that's where I think it's left up to us as the athletes to decide what is the real world record. I feel like as a tech person, because I own the domain strongmanstandards.com, if I just like really manipulated SEO and you looked up strongman standards for any lift, we could just dominate the Google search results and we could make the standards if we needed to with tech. There's that possibility. I have the domain, it's just floating out there right now, but we could if we wanted to make standards or if people wanted to submit them, listeners to the show, we can make some rules. But I do have the domain in case we ever need it. What do you need the domain? And also you need to contact Google to, to pay them so they get your, your the website to the top of the list every time you search? Would that be a thing? <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Or if you have the right keywords and you just like structure things well, <laughs> we can get up there. So that way it appears no matter what people are looking for. You look up strongman, anything, we'll be there. Yeah. And, and I like the idea. I mean, if we could get Colin Bryce, I mean, some legitimate names um you know those guys that have had uh have been in the sport a really really long time who hold um you know good reputation you know if, if we could get them involved that would be amazing yeah that really would because i think it is a challenge especially with some of those things like the circus dumbbell and stuff like that's really hard to know watching different people do it of like the width of the cylinders, the width of the handle. Do you have end caps? How are the weights tied in there? How do you weigh it out? Because that makes a huge difference. Whether your hand's here or here, like... Oh, it sure does. Change everything. Because the one you did it on was just massive. I everything. I don't think it was a Titan one. And I think we were trying to shoot for something... Um, that we were looking for something that was a cylinder that all the competitors had access to. Um, so we were shooting for originally... Um, what was it? I think it was a Beast Metals dumbbell, even though they don't make those anymore. But yeah. they had a pretty good cylinder set up. Uh, but I think we just went with what we had access to. Um, and it was pretty sturdy. We also needed something that wasn't going to bend after 200, 220, 240, 260. Right. That's the worst. <laughs> the worst. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... Um... I think we're kind of all in agreement on that. And, and that's, all, that's all I'm ever hoping for with, you know, that kind of that part of the discussion that we kind of keep having is my, my hope is just to see a little bit, uh, you know, just progression. That's all it is, is, you know, let's get a little bit better. Let's raise the bar a little bit. I, I don't hope to ever see strongman, you know, like IPF <laughs> by any means, you know, which is super, super strict. I just had a friend that was in Denmark this 
this uh, right. this weekend and had two of his squats taken away immediately by their jury system. Um, yeah, and he got yeah two white crazy. lights. Like yeah, like the so, three judges said it was okay when it was taken away. Not you have three. You have the judges, but then you have the side panel too, right? And that's the juries. The jury, yep. And the, and the juries, juries can use video. The judges. Yeah, the juries can look at all video angles. So the judges, two judges said it was fine out of three. And then the jury, they can look at the angles enough and they do what the internet does. Of like, you look at something for more than five minutes, start to see issues and you're like, no. They're not the supposed to, you know, the way I understand it is that they're not supposed to, you know, if it's very borderline, they're not supposed to penalize the athlete and let it slide. But um, I don't know, you know, in IPF, what, what qualifies as borderline because they expect you to squat very deep, right? I mean, it's hip, hip joint below the knees. Um, so, so yeah, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I, I don't ever hope to see strongman, you know, that standardized by any means. And, you know, standardization is kind of a, you know, it's kind of a, a, a rigid word to begin with. I don't know what else to call it other than standards, but, um, I think we have a pretty good system. Like for instance, I, I like that MVM is at, at almost every big competitions. Um, it's of course, especially for the heavyweights, it's a standard judge across the land, and he's pretty strict. And he's a four-time world champion. I think that he's seen so many things, seen so many outcomes. Um, the fact is with experience, so he knows what it can, what's on the line of what's good and what's wrong, right? Um, yeah. So I, I think that's when we have judges or we have people doing the. I think the next best thing is if, if we are trying to have these world records is having those really credible judges that can say yeah. yay or nay. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. 100%. And then, and then to mention to about your, uh, of course the Denmark, the IPF contest, my, uh, my PT was there and she won another national, won another, another world title there. Nice. Um, yeah. And, she, and, uh, That's sweet. and I'll probably say, probably, yeah, we always, we always talk about, it's just always pretty interesting hearing kind of like the, she does a quip. Yeah. It was all equipped powerlifting. Yeah, but she yeah, won her third world title, I believe. That's amazing. Well, congratulate her from uh, from John and I at the Women's Man. That's amazing. That is fantastic. I think that's a great example, though, of like the way the IPF does their equipped of like doing the single ply or whatever, rather than like you have this like huge range of like equipped lifting once you get to like unlimited ply and everything. I think there are like those nice things, but like we were telling our friend, it's like you want somewhere in the middle. Sometimes you want more of the strong man's just one person judging, but you don't want a jury overruling things by video and stuff. So there's always a middle ground. But I think having those judges like watching at the Rogue Invitational, like Magnus v. Magnuson and like Ode Hogan, like that was interesting, like seeing how they do it and everything. Because it is hard live seeing it there because you can't do those replays and stuff. Yeah, you made, made a few mistakes. Uh, on there i think he admitted i think he uh i think some of the athletes i think martin's admitted that he got a he got a a gift on one of his oh, yeah. um right. yeah i saw that that video where he's analyzing it because you can tell he didn't even think that he got it because he was put about to put it down like he's going to attempt it again and then he was like oh i guess that went okay. on but you know yeah you know but of course it it does it does happen but i'm, I'm glad it didn't really shape the contest right that would been that would been a tough thing it has been situations, yeah. other contests sure. where it shaped the the outcome of the whole show. Yeah, but it is that human error. I think like there is room for that and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like 
it's a challenge. But I think you're right. Having those people across the sport makes a big difference. So, absolutely. But they're not going to be here forever. So yeah, there is a new generation. Yeah, they're all. I mean, you know, one hopes that there will always be guys that will come in and and step in their shoes. But, um, you know, when it comes to business, that's usually why we create standard operating procedures too, because we know that people are going to uh, positions are going to change. You know, different people are going to funnel in and cycle through those roles. And so, you know, in order to maintain that level, you know, of of uh, expertise. Um, there's got to be some kind of standard for the next person to to understand, you know, the the methodology, the, you know, what they were looking for, what the other person was doing that was that was really special. So, um, you know, time will tell if it ever gets there, and it may never. You know, strongman strongman's been around for, uh, you know, twenty five years. Um, so I mean, it is what it is now, and and it may be forever, but. <laughs> Opinion opinions are, are all we have today. But <laughs> let's anything else on that topic, uh uh Nicholas, or we can move on. We, we can move I want, on. I don't want to beat that horse to, to death too much. Yeah. So I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, talking about moving up and everything. And I was wondering what's your timeline looking like for moving up to the open class? Mm, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm very started. So um of course, the moment I announced kind of pulling out of OSG or just had or just was planning on it, um, started kind of eating my feelings. So went to Costco and I realized that now half the store is opened up to me now. So I, I never buy like a lot of like bacon, but of course, I was pretty much shopping everywhere. Um, but initially, I was thinking since one of the benefits is having a 105 kilo pro card is not only going to America's Strongest Man every year, but is going to the Arnold Amateur Classic. So we actually sorry the Arnold Amateur um championships with um as a heavyweight so that's that one of our benefits is that we don't have to go through the qualifying process we don't have to do an, a local meet to go to nationals qualify nationals go to the arnold we can kind of skip skip the process and go right to the amateur and then the winner of that amateur show gets um an invite to the main stage the year after so i think that when we talk about all the biggest stages across the land so of course you have the arnold you have worlds rogue invitational now giants live um did I miss any? But I would say or we, Shaw Classic. Let's just say those are some big shows. At least getting into one of those big shows is a, is a pretty good way to get into the network of all the big shows. So I think that just since the March, is, it's coming up. Um, that's going to be my first. Um, as long as I'm healthy, um, that's going to be my first contest back. Um, and I'll probably do something pretty conservative. Probably start training in January. Um, that will give me about like two two decent training cycles leading up two decent training blocks leading up to that contest. And by the end of next year, I was originally thinking that I wanted it to be in the weight of somewhere around 275, maybe 280. I'm not sure if that's going to be a fluffy 275 or a lean 275, but I thought being somewhere around, around that range would probably be a pretty good goal. Um, and for the most part, I'm not going to try to shoot for the qual. I think the Arnold's going to be the main qualifier I do. Um, but I'm not going to try to shoot for the, like, for instance, the Shaw Classic, um, necessarily like OSG open right away. I might try to do some of these one off shoots. Um, like this past year, I got invited um, to some of, of um, 
Jeff, uh, Jeff, JF Caron's contest in Canada. So he hosts a lot of competition in, in Quebec and Quebec has actually a really great um, showing when it comes to um, fans and supporters. So I was talking to one of their um, competitors earlier, um, probably, a few, probably a few weeks ago, and he mentioned that um, some of those shows will draw in anywhere between five and 8,000 people. Um, so I think that just usually JF's crowns contest is pretty heavy, but I think a contest like that traveling to Quebec and competing would be pretty neat. Um, I'm planning on, uh, I've been, I'm originally um, an Italian immigrant. So I was born in Italy in 1989, moved here in 1995. Um, I had to give up my citizenship when I was before I was 17. So I didn't get drafted into the Italian army. So I'm working yeah. on getting my Italian passport again so I can go go back um, and compete in, uh, in Italy. So planning on doing the open, I think I might have to qualify to make it to Italy's strongest man. Um, but I think it would be kind of cool at least compete for Italy's strongest man. There's, there's a few good, there's a few good guys at the top there. Um, they're more on the SD level. They haven't really quite broken into the giants live or the other scenes. Um, but it would be kind of cool to not only win Italy's strongest man, but to say that world's strongest Pazan. Um, so <laughs> I think, I think that would be a good plan. Um, and then, um, and then potentially kind of competing overseas. I, I would say the one thing about being 105 kilo, especially in the States, we, of course, Darren, you know, we like to cut big, big amounts of weight. Um, sure. That's a little tough if we're traveling overseas. I don't think we like to do it, we, <laughs> but we do. But we do, but we do it because it's. Playing it the whole, the whole way through. But <laughs> um, So it's really tough for us to maybe choose more than one overseas show. So I was hoping that that being a heavyweight might be able, might entice me. Um, or enable me to able to compete more often overseas. So doing these different contests. Um, so maybe try to the SEL bracket a little bit. Um, but definitely, uh, I'm not really sure how the year is going to play out, but the least the first stop is going to be the Arnold Amateur and then take it from there. Very cool, man. So how much weight do you have to gain? Hmm. When, I was 260. To get to, to, get to your goal of 275 or 280. So I was 260 this morning. So um nice. And that's before I, I, I probably will get up to like 265 during the day. So my guess, I don't think it will be too hard. I think I could be 270 by the Arnold. It might not be a, sure. a say, it might not be a jack 270, but right. like a, kind of a fluffy, maybe chunky, maybe meaty 270. Yeah. And I think that would be a probably a good start. And then try to put on, just put on, focus on putting on mass and put it to keep in a little cardio together. Um, it'd be great to look at, to look, to be 280 and look like I was as lean as 231. I don't think it'd be quite that, but if I could stay 10 or 12, 10 or 12 percent body fat at 280, yeah. I think that'd be a good goal. That would be huge. That would be great, man. Maybe look like a Tyler Cotton, maybe. Tyler, dude, he's such a massive, you, you know, we were actually going to ask that question too, you know, name, name a bunch of uh, brothers. And the first ones always come to mind are the Cox brothers for me. <laughs> He'd be a good one. And then like Karen, Karen Ferris is extremely lean 280. I think he would be another one, a body type to shoot for. Um, Dude, his back is so massive. It is the most, he has the most absurdly huge back I've ever seen him. <laughs> he's, he's great. And then I, I, I mean, at least in comparison to the rest of his body. <laughs> I got, the, I got the pleasure of, um, so he, he came on and chatted with me um, for an episode on my podcast. And he, uh, he mentioned of course his weight gains and his 
trials and tribulations. Um, sure. He's like a thing of um, chunky monkey every night. But I always ask, like, what's his grip training like? But it's very similar to my story. Of course, he was a wrestler, so he worked a lot of grip training in that sense. Um, so even gaining a little weight, I feel like that might be um, that might hopefully carry over just gaining a little weight. But it'd be interesting in terms of once I start gaining weight, once I start competing in these heavyweight contests, I already know what my my uh, uh, strengths or weaknesses are at 105 kilos, but how would that change going into the heavyweight scene? So whether will the focus on certain areas, maybe sure. I just become a press specialist and just focus on that so I can get invited to shows. Who knows? Yeah, leverage has changed. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, well, I guess you'll find out how it works for you. I know whenever I gain weight, uh, my press goes up and my deadlift goes there. Mm. It's kind of kind of weird, but I'm a, I'm a much stronger deadlifter at at lower body weight, but better better presser at higher body. It, yeah, it would be interesting in terms of the cardiovascular s- s- piece, right? Because sure. I don't know if I'm going to be huffing puffing. I don't know if I'm going to be looking like uh, what's a, what's a good example? Maybe like uh, um, why can I? Why am I? I'm doing a bad job in terms of my strongman names, but he just competed at OSG in the master's class. Um, the Bulgarian, the circus lifter, his name is oh, Demitar Savatino. Yes, maybe be like a Demitar, yeah. just just press and just and then just kind of chug along on yeah. the best events. Yeah, man. you got to get the I've almost got the the, the Demitar the brain on the back of my head, man. <laughs> uh, got to get the get the that dude's uh dude he is an impressive impressive presser so i would say like some probably maybe similar demitar is not that much taller than i think he's shorter than me so um me being five eleven three quarters i would say that i'll probably be f- falling in that um probably that range i know of course i think one guy that i of course looked up to when i first started was vitalis lilas being five nine five ten and one point three fifteen at at his at his peak um so i think it's definitely possible to get into like the kind of 300s by kind of what he did but he also um really spent all his days in heavyweight kind of like me being in in, uh the 105s for 10 the past 10 years so um but overall i think to be really on that consistent scene um competing with the guys being known as maybe one of the top guys in the world it's going to take at least three years um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I don't see any way around it that you're going to have to put the work in. You got to start from the bottom again. Um, probably going to get a lot of shit, probably get a lot of slack for it, for moving up a weight class. Everybody's going to be like, oh, you should just stay down there. But it's no, I, think, man. I think it's I think it's time, time to move on and try new challenges. This is this is the way the sport. I, you know, I said this several times in our on our podcast. When I started Strongman, there was two weight classes. There was lightweight and there was open class. Right. Lightweight was on, under 105. And the entire point, the way it was explained to me at the beginning was this 105 was a stepping stone to open. You were expected to go to the open. So it's like the natural progression to go to go up. So, no, I support you 100%. I think that's uh, I think it's fantastic. It, it, makes, it makes the most sense. I mean, when you're dominating a class and, right, Strongman is about challenging yourself um and always improving so it makes perfect sense man and i support you 100 i think it's i think it's fantastic no yeah. thank you and clayton mentioned that in his episode of like people moving up is always a really impressive thing like going yes. against heavier guys the heavier you can keep going and everything it'll be interesting what what route he takes if he if he sticks at 105 or if he goes back to the heavyweight just if he goes heavyweight it'd be probably his 
third attempt of being heavyweight he keeps bouncing back and forth so you really don't know he's he's like a um an amoeba almost can be just whatever he wants to whatever he needs to be he'll be if he wants to be a 105 if he wants to be three 330 he'll be it he'll yeah. whatever he puts his mind to um but i think in the in the end um yeah it's it's definitely good it's, there's going to be some challenges that i don't expect any that um i think there's going to come down to like for instance for getting all this weight maybe i'll have to start monitoring my blood pressure more and all and all so it's yeah yeah, you're going to definitely have to be more health conscious. Um, you know, I, I always think it's funny when people, I mean, even at, as an under 105K athlete, people, when I tell them, though, no, I do there, one of the number one responses I get is, well, at least you're healthy. And I'm like, am I? <laughs> is it really healthy to be, you know, putting the loads that we do on our body and then carrying the additional body weight? And I mean, certainly for the guys that are that are super big, um, you know, the body's not typically um, – designed i don't think to carry that much mass and it does put more stress on your organs and, and it becomes more important to to be more health conscious and take care of yourself so i think that's probably wise i think that balance is good like martins was talking about it at his last show of like he just let himself get too heavy and he was like, Got up to like 360, 360 right 60 yeah he just said like he didn't think of like you think having a bigger belly means that you're actually like bending your arm more for stones and stuff because you don't have that like there's more space and everything and just like the movements change and stuff. Cause he was saying he probably wouldn't have hurt his bicep if he had been smaller mm. or he would have like moved in a different way. If you think like iron BB's always been bigger. So like stones are a bit harder. And so you don't think about those things of like leveraging under the weight can be different. So. I said, I was saying something similar to that in terms of kind of my back health, my back started to, um, of course I was really had to work towards getting healthy every time I started getting close to cutting weight, especially this year. Um, so I feel like this thing, thing year around staying a little heavier might be a little easier for my back. I know doing more weights is not going to be great for um, the back, but in terms of the way, I guess we were talking a little bit off air, a lot of it was imbalances. Um, so again, things get tight, things get really restrictive, especially when you cut weight and getting dehydrated and then rehydrating, things are going to get super tight, super immobile. Um, so I feel like staying away from those weight cuts might help me, might sure. keep my back healthy long enough compared to cutting 20 pounds or so over 10% of the body weight, which is, yeah. uh, which is interesting, but I, you know, it's another piece. Um, of course I want to mention, I think that re resonated with me was um, I was talking to Tyler young um, and he was saying like, this is a strong man, not cut weight, man. And I was like, Oh, I do kind of take a lot of pride in like how good I am at cutting weight, but it's not the, it's not the name of the game. It's who, who can be the, who can be the strongest out there on that game day. So I think I, I realized that when I'm cutting all year around, um, I was mentioning to, again, to, to some other friends that um, usually Abby likes to cook a lot of like fun meals, like casseroles, um, pastas, and of course you name it. Um, of course she likes to feed me, but we weren't really, really doing that in the last year and a half or so, just because I was always monitoring my weight. I was doing all of my own meal prep and just because I was pretty strict, I was sticking towards like the vertical diet by staying effort. And so I was doing most of my prep, but it took a lot of fun out of the food, especially me being an Italian boy. I do a lot yeah. to enjoy all the, of course, the finer foods in life. So I think it took a little joy out of it, at least the last year or so. Getting to a point where I can I can take off the restrictors and really see how far I can, how heavy and how strong I can get is kind of a new, exciting challenge. Yeah, man. How old are you, Nick? I'm 33. You're 33. So. So you're young enough. You got lots of time. 
to to build the best you and man dude i'm excited to see i'm excited to see your transition i, I really am i mean it was it's always been a pleasure seeing you compete in under 105k and, and competing alongside of you of course um you're probably one of the most uh humble and genuine competitors oh, i've ever competed with um seriously and yeah man i wish you the absolute best in in uh in this move to open class hey if, I, if it's a good time you're gonna join me up with the heavy boys yeah i'm i'm 44 <laughs> in december and and if i was not 44 yes yes i would but you know that's kind of i, I don't know it's a bit of an excuse i but but at this at this stage in my life i don't I don't think that I want to put that stress on my body anymore. 300 pounds by 50. It would be a pretty good goal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it would be a good idea, <laughs> but, but you know, in hindsight, you know, I always said that the kind of the only reason I stayed as a 105 K is way back in the day, there was a kind of a lot of, uh, promised, um, opportunities, for under 105k that didn't previously exist and now granted now with what, class, year, so what year was this oh i think it was like 2010 or 11 12 something like that so i kind of stuck it out for a while you know and a lot of those didn't come through to fruition you know from the organization that, that made those promises but now you know now that now we're here we're, we are where we are you know clash is a huge opportunity osg um if you want to travel internationally ultimate strong and and SCL too, you know, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities now for, for anybody that's worked hard, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think my intention from the beginning was always to go to the opens and, you know, in hindsight, you know, maybe I should have, but I'm, I'm happy where I'm at and I, and I love competing and um, I love the people that I've met. You know, I'm going to probably just keep on keeping on as long as I can. Mm, absolutely uh but it, it's not easy there's there's actually there's other individuals that have, have tried to make the leap that of course haven't been kind of as successful so um one of the guys that been pushing me to go heavy was my mentor sean demarinas he yes. he always said that he he made his transition too late and then he started and then he of course was faced with injuries faced with health problems so that yes. course kind of hiltered his kind of open um career um there's other guys like like Terry was made a made a push for it. Furman tried to do it and his kind of his knees buckled out a little bit, so he went back down. Um, you have a, J James even mentioned that he tried to make a heavyweight stint, but he um, unfortunately I think he was that's when he started kind of facing kind of his back back issues. So cool. there has to be a careful way because in the past other guy individuals just like me have um, of course have seen the biggest challenges. So one step at yeah. a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man, and and I wish you the absolute best of luck, and I hope it all works out, and you, uh, you know, you succeed where others have not. Thank you, Darren. I, I mean, I mean, you've got the determination and the mindset. I think that's that's probably at least fifty plus percent of it, right? But you gotta believe. You believe to achieve. I, I, if you if you have any doubt in your mind, it's or have a plan B. It's not. It's not quite gonna work out. So right. you always have to believe that it's gonna happen. You gotta visualize. Sometimes I visualize too hard. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's. I visualize too much on my my week of cutting, and and it drives my anxiety through the roof, and it drives me insane. <laughs> and then you don't sleep, and it's tough. We'll yeah. see. 
How about you? How about you, John? Are you gonna make the? Are you gonna make the move into the open class? <laughs> I've because I've only ever done like small shows and everything. So I, Dan actually was telling me that I should stay out for like break men's thing because that's usually like I'd have to cut down to one seventy five for strongman core for that under eighty kg, and I it's not I comfortably walk around at like one ninety some, so it's not like a huge cut, but there is that comfort issue. And he was saying like. Unless you're going for a record or something, just try to get as big as possible. Like you were saying, it's strong man, it's not weight cut man. So I'm more as a newcomer to the sport from the past few years, more as doing it casually, but trying to get more serious about it. And I think the best way to do that is like continuing to get stronger rather than like just trying to get like a more and more dense 170, 181 pounds or whatever. So that's my goal mainly is just like keep up there, keep adding size as much as I comfortably can. Trying to get better at pressing. My coach told me I should ask you about pressing advice. He was sure. like, Camby's the man. A Talk lot of it's the biggest things um, is the dip is people don't really utilize their hips in the dip is all knee drive. And usually the power transfer gets all sort of whack. Um, of course, I have many YouTubes on it, some seminars that I've been running. Um, but it's, a lot of it comes into the, yeah, the, that dip and leg drive. Um, so if, if anything, if you just had to, if you had no instruction and you only had videos to watch, I would just watch every Olympic lifter you can. And you eventually figure out that what they do is something that you need to replicate. And when you, when you don't do that, it's gonna it's not gonna look good. So they have a great they do a good job with the bend the hips, bend the knees, and they and that power goes straight up right where they want it. And they place it and they place the weight right above their right above their hips. So of course, the hips are super important. So the hips don't lie. That's yes. smart. <laughs> I think that goes with just about anything we do in strongman. Um, you know, whether it's pressing, you know, look to. Uh, Olympic weightlifters, if it's throwing, look to the Highland Games or track and field, um, you know, whatever it is, because we 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 tend to dip our toes in in other sports all the time, and the best way to learn is to to step outside of the sport, get outside of our comfort zone, and realize that there's a lot to learn from all of these other sports. Um, rather than you know, unfortunately, it seems like um, at, you know these athletes can kind of kind of dump on on the other street sports sometimes, but there's so much for us to learn outside of strongman. Um, we need to be taking advantage of it. That's, I mean, that's a huge, great point about Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. Cause that explosiveness, they always talk about that of like one guy I watch on YouTube, Zach Tallender always talks about how if you watch a strongman, he's like, they barely use their legs at all. It's just like a bit of knees and then mostly like a push slash trick press kind of thing. Whereas he was like, if you, you really use that, lower body like you should be able to throw up those kind of weights especially seeing how people do stones and stuff he's like if they could use that same power transfer of really like, extension yeah yep. which is hard because the mobility is not always there for everyone absolutely hey guys i don't want to i don't want to kill us or cut us short but we're coming up on an hour um we're, we've been trying to stick to an hour just for um you know, timeliness and I think consumability for people that watch so we don't get too, too long. Um, where can, I, you know, this is kind of a silly question because I think everybody knows Nicholas Keenby, but where can, where can anybody find you, Nicholas? Sure. Um, so I'm Camby Dude on Instagram. I'm Camby Dude on YouTube. I'm Camby Dude Camby on TikTok. 
Um, and then eventually I'm going to have a website coming out and probably a couple months or so. Um, and I'm going to get that going. So that will have um, a lot more information, some services and all. So just be on the lookout for that. Nice. Yeah. I've enjoyed your YouTube channel. Oh, thank you. It's it's yeah. tough. It's tough to come up with material and put up a YouTube channel every week or so. Um, but I'm I'm getting a little better at it, and I think it's it's a little easier to do that when you're training regularly. Um, uh, but when you're not, it's it, you got to come up with good ideas. But I have a I have a nice one coming out. We kind of hinted a little bit of, in terms of what we'll probably talk about, but it's well, I might as well just give it give a little teaser. Um, it'll probably be like, what's the ideal body type, and who do I want to strive for when I when I go into the open class? So I'm gonna have some fun examples. I've been ready getting some clips out. So um, they'll, they'll be out shortly. Exciting. Yeah. And I think you, like you were saying, you can comfortably walk around at 260 right now. I think your move to open will go pretty well. So, because there has been that move of like Alexi dominating things at 290 and everything. I think now's a good time to do that. But it's it's not necessarily, of course, his weight is like his tenacity. Oh, yeah. I think what people forget about Alexi is, uh, he um, actually, I had to ask one of the Ukrainian guys when I was competing with him back in 2019, but he, he started pretty much, I think his grandfather was the head of the strongman in, in the Ukraine. So he's been around strongman since he was eight. So he literally breathed the sport for so long. So starting those kids young. So of course, when you guys pop those kids out, get, start them young and they'll yeah. maybe become champions <laughs> when, they're, when they're 25. Yeah, yeah. buddy. And you're right. That hard yeah. Um, no, I didn't have too much else and everything. But I was saying that you're right that I, I think that's often overlooked is like the heart you put into it of like that effort of like you need to have that will to power because some people are just like naturally larger. So some of the things will come a little bit easier on that journey of like a 360 pound log to a 440 pound person is a very different experience than mm -hmm. someone who's 290 doing the same log. So I think that's always an important thing of like having that drive. And like will to dominate and stuff so i think that'll be good and everything so i'm excited to see where you go oh that, Being thank you sir italy's strongest man that would be pretty great i'll try i'll try to document our everything so of course the day the day age of social media try to put as much information out and yeah of course and hop on to the journey and, and see what's like yeah that sounds good anything else yeah should we turn we should. Here we are.